Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hidden World of Women podcast. My name is Alex. And I'm Trisha. And here's our take on systemic racism in our country. So this is not normally what we'd be posting about, but in light of current events, we thought it would be a good idea to talk about the Black Lives Matter movement rather than um, issues of women, which we would usually be talking about. And our goal is really just to educate people. So keep listening if you would like to learn more. Yeah, so this episode is just going to be an overview of the Black Lives Matter movement and what's really happening in our current events right now. But in the future, we really want to make this a multiple part series where we address more of the bigger picture of systemic racism in our society. So if you guys want to leave any suggestions in the comments for what we should cover next, that would be super amazing. Some topics that you guys could suggest are systemic racism in healthcare or um, education, criminal justice, and housing. Also, in the links in description below, you guys can check out a whole bunch of other links to support the movement, like petitions and donating, or to really educate yourself more with like TVs and movie shows and a lot of books. So yeah, let's get into our podcast. All right, so first we're going to talk about the background from what started these Black Lives Matter protests that we're seeing right now. So first off, George Floyd. George Floyd died when an officer kneeled on his neck for almost nine minutes with him repeatedly saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Officers responded to a call from a grocery store saying that he had allegedly used a counterfeit $20 bill, which is insane to me because... This would not have happened to a white person, yet it happened to him, Um, which leads us right into Breonna Taylor. She was actually asleep when police barged into her apartment using a no-knock warrant. Um, So her boyfriend obviously pulled out his gun and was like, okay, there's a robber coming into my apartment. Um, So he fired one shot and the police fired eight, which all landed in Breonna and she was murdered. And she was actually an EMT, which is one of the most amazing jobs ever, being a first responder. Um, And she was just brutally murdered in self-defense, which I think is also insane, which also happens quite a lot in the Black community from police brutality. Um, And as a result of the protests that have been going on, no-knock warrants have been banned in Louisville, Kentucky, where she lived. Um, And this law is called Brianna's Law in honor of her death. Yeah, and like basically no knock warrants they were they were instituted because um in the seventies apparently some drug dealers they would destroy the evidence before the police could actually get to their house. And like over time there became a narrow set of rules where this can be applied, but it's still used and it was clearly exploited in this situation and you could see the direct impacts of that. So This is, like, something that has progressed, but there's also a lot of areas that need to still um, progress further and areas of systemic racism that we really need to root out. And so, like, with that, there's a lot of people saying, why are the riots sort of coming up now? Like, why is this a new thing? But it's really not a new thing. There's been a long history of riots because of police brutality and racism in the United States. I think right now, like, we learned in our social studies class how this parallels the events of the 60s, more specifically, like, Newark and Detroit. And basically, in Newark, two white police officers severely beat a black cab driver for a small traffic violation. 
which is crazy because in that society there was a lot of racism it was the 60s this was like the civil rights era and to think that we could have gone like more than 50 years without having that changed is crazy and when the news spread and people started to hear about what happened violence erupted so shops were looted buildings were set on fire and more violence continued and then in detroit actually who also had violence erupt law enforcement was deployed and 17,000 local and national law enforcement was sent to maintain order 43 people were killed, 1,000 injured, and 7,000 arrested, and this was mostly at the hands of law enforcement. And so today, police again continue to hurt protesters. They're using tear gas, rubber bullets, and violence. And I guess the biggest takeaway, though, that I want you guys to know about from the 60s and what's super important for our future today is the Kerner Commission. Because this was a committee tasked to find out why the violence was occurring, right? And they figured out that it stemmed from deeply ingrained societal injustices like police brutality, unemployment, and racism. They literally said it was a direct result of white racism. And the violence and the protests that were that were rising came out of frustration from a system that treats them very poorly. And it was super important because it separated blame from African-Americans at the time. Because many people who didn't really understand the movement and the violence, like, sensationalized it and used the fear against it to sort of act more in ignorance and separate themselves from the reality of the situation. And that kind of goes back to what's going on today because in the beginning of this movement, the media really highlighted more the violent protests versus the peaceful ones. And the looting and um, the burning of the buildings. Like, back then, they did have looting, and there is looting now, but it's very different because some of the looting you can see is from frustration, and you can tell because it's symbolic. Like, a lot of it has to do with the whole movement itself. But only a small number of protesters are looting. Others are just looting just because, and the media definitely very much skewed this. If you want to hear more about like police brutality and the history of systemic racism in the police, as well as other things, just drop it down in the comments and we can totally do a whole episode on that. Absolutely. Um, and the next thing I'll talk about is the correct terminology for what you should be saying right now, because I've seen a lot of social media posts and a lot of things in the news that do not use the correct terminology um and we'd like to educate you about that right now so first off why why can people not say all lives matter or blue lives matter in response to the black lives matter movement so i'm gonna show i'm gonna let you imagine a scenario which you probably might have heard before um so let's say your house is burning down okay let's say you're a firefighter and you get called to someone's house that is burning down right and the neighbor across the street from that person says, well, what about my house? And you say, well, I'm a firefighter. I'm supposed to put out the house that is on fire. Um, but the person keeps insisting, like, what about my house? What about my house? This is a perfect example to explain why you can't say all lives matter. Let's say the Black Lives Matter movement is the house on fire. Black people are being oppressed and they are being put down in many, many ways versus the house that is not on fire would be white people or blue lives matter they're the ones they're the oppressors they are putting down black people 
and they are not in trouble right now. But the black community is. There have been so many fatal incidents of police brutality and unfairness to the black community, and they need our help right now. So putting the blame away from people and saying, oh, like, all lives matter, all lives matter, by saying that, you're basically being really selfish and saying, well, it doesn't matter what you think because, to me, everyone matters, um, but it doesn't matter that you are struggling right now. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Okay, I'm glad. Um, So next black versus african-american versus people of color i was definitely confused about this for a little bit um but now i've straightened myself out and i understand now so i'm gonna share my infinite knowledge with all of you so people of color refers to anyone that is non-white basically any non-white european caucasian person is a person of color this can be a hispanic person this can be an asian person anybody like that and for For Black versus African American, this is actually very interesting because some people may prefer to be Black while other people may prefer to be called African American. Now, I've read a couple articles online from some news um, companies, like news corporations, that have surveyed um, Black or African American people on social media, and most of the responses that they say were that african-american people actually prefer to be called black now this may make some of the history teachers out there mad because i know that mine at least has always pushed us to say african-americans because it is more correct but it may be offensive to some people because african-american may infer that they are identify as someone who is like african but they may be from generations and generations of people who have lived in america so they prefer to be called black and the bottom line about this really is you should be asking people what they prefer to be called but in my opinion you should say black as just the baseline for what you should be calling people and then we've heard a lot on tiktok for example and on the news um about statistics saying explaining that there are more black people charged with crimes than white people. And the simple explanation for this is that black people are targeted more than white people are. There is, There are more people in the United States than there are black people, so it doesn't actually make any sense that more black people are charged with crimes than white people are. And that's the only way to just show you that black neighborhoods are targeted and minority neighborhoods are targeted and white neighborhoods are not over-policed, right? The the rich neighborhoods, you don't see police going around the rich white neighborhoods. You see them going around the poor communities. Um, I think that's really important. So please do not be ignorant to what you're hearing, and please try to find a deeper meaning for what you're hearing from the media and statistics like this. Yeah, and I think another thing that's super important right now, especially, is that we're in the midst of a coronavirus, And when we talk about, like, disproportionately affecting um, Black communities and, like, low-income communities, that is also another factor. I think a lot of people are out of jobs right now, and And I think that also contributes to what we're seeing right now. And also you have to keep in mind, like, these people are literally risking getting coronavirus to fight for this movement. And, like, that just speaks to how much we need this change and how much, how important that is. Absolutely. I think that's a super important point to make right now. 
All right, so we're going to talk about defunding the police next, which is a big um, goal of the Black Lives Matter protests today. So first off, a lot of people may see defunding the police and say, well, that's a stupid idea. What if there's a crime? Like, what if you need the police to help you with something? But actually, a lot of 911 calls can be solved by people other than police, other than someone with a gun. For example, suicide calls could be solved by mental health care workers, or they could be solved by community people in the community who are designated to keep the community safe. Um, and defunding the police also does not necessarily mean disbanding the police, which is very important to say. For example, defunding the police could mean taking some of the money away from the police and giving it to public schools or um, public hospitals or things like that, where they are designated to keep people safe. And okay, when there's better schools, crime rates are lowered. So even doing that would be a great idea, Giving even giving a small portion of the money that's designated to police, giving it to public schools is actually a great idea. And another important point to make is that a lot of people don't feel protected by the police anyway. For example, you've got black people who are being punished by the police for just driving in their car or like Trisha said earlier, running a red light, for example. I don't know. I just think it's really important to know the difference between defunding and disbanding the police because yes there may be situations that the police are needed in but not necessarily all of them which is the point I really want to drive home here and I think you've got something to say about this too Trisha Trisha has Trisha found like a a graphic that shows the money that's distributed to police um this graphic I actually will leave the link in the description down below so you guys can check it out as well but it just shows a lot of the major cities and the places that they allocate their money to, for example, police, education, public health, and children's services. Like, for example, New York, they have a budget of $89.3 billion. $5.6 billion of that goes to police, whereas $1.1 billion goes to public health. And, like, a lot of them allocate a lot more money to police than is necessary, and the fact that they're using it to perpetuate violence just serves to really reinforce Alex's point about why we really need to defund the police. Also, I guess our last thing that we want to touch on is Trump and like what he's sort of saying right now, because I think that some of it is kind of not really painting the full picture of what's really going on. For example, he uses the term law and order a lot. And so Really, the history of that term really goes back to Nixon and the election of 1968. So in that time, that was when Vietnam was happening and a lot of protests were going on. And it was like the student movement. Everyone was sort of taking action. But I think it resembled a very break from the traditional conformist America, which if you guys think about like the 50s where like the traditional housewife, the perfect suburban like area, a lot of these nonconformist values oppose that. And so again, he really used the fear of these protests and the misunderstanding and sort of sensationalized it. So he used law and order to sort of combat that. Like we need law and order to combat these people that are like going haywire, right? But in reality, they were protesting for something that was actually very meaningful and that we needed to be changed in 
the United States. And so you can see the same thing that Trump's doing now because he's with protesters as violent and using law and order to excuse its actions, for example, deploying military troops and enacting violence and saying the same thing again, like we need to control these people, law and order is necessary. I think one example of this too is the Seattle Chaps. If you've heard of that, that's the Capitol Hill Autonomous People Zone. And so basically it's a self-declared autonomous zone and the goal is really to create a neighborhood without police. Um, I've seen a lot of people say like, it's super peaceful, there's a lot of street art, um, and people are handing out free food, and just like, it's a very supportive community. But Trump is really pushing out rhetoric that's saying like, oh, they're domestic terrorists, oh my gosh, we need to like, take back control, which again, really highlights that um, difference between what he's putting out and what the actual reality is. Make sure you leave down in the comments what you want our next Black Lives Matter podcast to include. Our next podcast is going to be about pride because it's pride month and also we've linked i know trisha said this at the beginning of the video but we've linked a lot of helpful links in the description for example a bunch of youtubers are doing fundraisers and you can literally just leave their videos on in the background and it will raise money for the black lives matter movement um we we've left a lot of books you can read tv shows you can watch and a bunch of petitions you can sign and also places where you can donate so please check out the description box and do whatever you can to support the black lives matter movement our social media will be linked down in the description as well as an email you can contact us thank you so much for watching bye